Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Today I have a prophetic burden. It's a burden from the Lord and it's on my heart for children. And the reason why I say it's prophetic because it's something that God is speaking in my heart. He's placing it in my heart. And it's a form of heaviness for children. And specifically with the focus on those who are not yet in the womb. And it reminds me of what God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 when he was calling him. God said to Jeremiah, he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born... I sanctified you. My burden is first for the focus on those children who have not yet been born. It's also for youth, and my burden is for the next generation. And what a burden is, is a heaviness, and it's even an assignment that God places in your heart, and it's Reminds you of what Jeremiah said, if I don't speak it, if I don't speak what God gives me to speak, Jeremiah was saying, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And that's how I feel about this burden. It's similar to the message on last week. This is what God created me to do. A burden is what God has created specifically for you. It's customized for you. So, this burden that I have for the next generation came from God because he's assigned me a particular assignment for me. He's given me to accomplish for these children, for the next generation. What will God say to us regarding how we prepare this generation? What preparations did we give them? How did we train them to face what they're facing today? What would he say about their condition? Did we protect them from harm? Did we safeguard them from things that we knew were detrimental to their existence? That's why God's focus is always so much greater and vast much more vast than our focus. God is a multi-generational God. He's not just looking at what's happened in this generation, but he's looking at what's happened in the past generation, the present generation, and generations to come. That's why he said in the Old Testament, he is the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, he's the God of Jacob. In each one of those generations, in each of those generations, he spoke to each one of them. And he reminded them of his relationship, his covenant relationship he had with previous generation, what covenant relationship he will have with them and the generations to come. So this prophetic burden that I have for children who, who are not yet in the womb, for babies that are being born even right now, for toddlers, for youth, for millennials, for Generation X and those to come. My focus and our focus is not just for right now, but for the future. What legacy are we leaving? What are we doing 
to answer the burden that God gives us, the assignments that he gives us. We also have to take a look at what are we declaring to this generation and the generations to come by the way we've lived our lives. See, we live in a time when there are a lot of movements going on. And what is a movement? I looked it up in Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And according to Merriam-Webster, a movement is a series of organized activities working toward an objective. So when you're working toward an objective, you're working to accomplish something. You want to accomplish that objective of that movement. So if there's a movement, are we going somewhere? Because if you're in a part of a movement, you're moving somewhere, you're going somewhere. And then what is our destination? Another definition of movement, the second part of the definition is a movement is an organized effort to promote or attain an end. An example of that is the civil rights movement which is primary for African-Americans to attain equal rights in this nation, to be able to go to public accommodations, use not use separate restrooms like it was in the Jim Crow era, to be able to be, to be employed uh, with equal opportunities for employment on different levels with businesses and organizations and not be discriminated against. That was the civil rights movement. And also we have, in this time, we have the social justice movement, which picks up part of the civil rights movement and its focus is justice, justice in the criminal justice system, justice in in day-to-day lives, just social justice movement that's moving towards justice for all. The question is, are we in agreement? Are we in agreement here? In Amos chapter three, verse three, Amos writes, can two walk together unless they are agreed. Today's episode of Phyllis is a New Creation is what will God say when we're gone? Legacy matters. Now, as we reflect on our lives and what it is that we will leave for the next generation and the generations to come, God has taken a very close look at how we live our lives. If he gives us a burden or an assignment, something that's heavy, something that we are to work towards, something that he's given us to do, then we are to do that with everything that's within us because God has a record and he will record what our legacy was. Let's take a look of an example of this in scripture. I'm looking at Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, and it's the amplified version of the scripture. And it reads, these are the records of the generations, family history of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, one who was just and had right standing with God, blameless in his evil generation. Noah walked or he lived in habitual fellowship with God. Did you hear that? Noah, when good when God looked back on Noah's life, these are the things that he 
made note of Noah. First of all, he was a righteous man, which means that he was in right relationship with God. And God said that he was just. And of course, his standing with God was good. Even though the generation that he lived in was an evil generation, Noah still walked or he had a lifestyle of living for God. Now, as we live our lives, talking about what would God say when we're gone and our legacy, would God say something like that about us? Or would he say what's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18? And I'm going to read the English Standard Version of the Scripture, and it reads, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. A complete contrast of what God said about the life of Noah. And it's not what we want God to say about our lives. Talking about what will God say when we're gone. Legacy matters. See, we're facing many different obstacles today. Obstacles that are put in our way deliberately to keep us from being in right relationship with God. So that scripture in Ephesians 4.18, it reflects when your understanding is dark, darkened, which means that you have a understanding that is worldly, an understanding that is carnal, that is not of God. Your understanding doesn't come from the word of God. It comes from the world or it comes from yourself. It comes from the flesh. And when we have darkened understanding, it alienates us from God. It separates us from God because it is in complete contrast to what God's word says about how we should live or how our understanding should be. And then it hardens our heart. So when you're dealing with a people whose heart is hardened, they're separated from God because God is looking for a heart of flesh. He's looking for a heart of flesh so that his word can penetrate that heart and they will become more like Christ, conform to the image or likeness of Christ. I mentioned earlier about justice and God's definition of justice is to make right and living in right relationship with God. That's God's definition of justice. And we are seeking justice in, in the world, people want justice. They want to be doing what's right, living right. But they sometimes don't understand that justice means living in right relationship with God. God is the only one who can really demonstrate justice. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, God's word translation to scripture, it reads, it, it illustrates this and it reads, but God said about his son, this is God the Father speaking of the Lord Jesus. But God said about his son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter in your kingdom is a scepter for justice. Again, this is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, and, it, and it's God's word translation of the scripture. Now let's take a look at that about scepter, because he said a scepter for justice talking about what will God say when we're gone. Legacy matters. 
A scepter, I looked up the definition of scepter. It's a ceremonial staff, and it's often used by kings. It has jewels in it and, and a lot of ornamentation. And it's a symbol of power. So when God says a scepter for justice, God's power is the scepter. Through the power of God is when justice comes forth. And he's speaking of God, the son, the Lord Jesus. And also a scepter is the Greek word that means to prop oneself up or lean on something. The scepter. The only way we can find justice or even fulfill the burden that God places in our heart for whatever assignment he gives us is through God, through the word of God, through God's instructions, through living out his word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, it reads, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom God ordained before the ages for our glory. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. And I read the New King James Version of the scripture. That scripture is so important because as we pursue our legacy, when we live out what God will say when we're gone, the only way that we can live it out and we can speak to this culture that we're living in, speak to the world, we have to speak the wisdom that comes from God. And it is indeed a mystery. What it means by mystery in this sense, and I've spoken about this before in previous messages, is that a mystery is something that was not revealed before. It's something that God unveils at an appointed time. So when we are creating our legacy, living out that which God has created us to live out, as we live out the burden that he places on our, on our heart, because if he places that burden on your heart, he's given you the way to accomplish it. He's not going to give you a burden and have you wandering around in darkness. And so the first thing we do is we speak. We speak to a culture. We speak to that which God has given us for correction. Because the culture that we're living in it's the culture, first of all, that God placed us in. He placed us in this culture. He placed us during this time in history for his purpose, to accomplish his purpose and for his glory. And he placed us to interact with one another within this culture by speaking, as I spoke earlier, his wisdom into the culture. See, when we speak the wisdom of God into a culture that is darkened, that is that is outside of the will of God that is out of alignment with God. There's illumination. There's the light of Christ that gives them an opportunity to see the light and to know who God is. Let's take a look at the definition of culture. Talking about what will God say when we're gone. Legacy matters. Now, a culture is the customs, the arts, social institutions, and achievement of a particular nation people, or other social group. And that's I, I, that definition was found, I looked it up in Oxford languages in that dictionary. Since we are here, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. 
And God gives each and every one of us an assignment for our lives so that we can live out the legacy that he would have us to live out. We have to interact within the culture. We interact within the culture to give them an example of God they live in. Our nation right now, as a matter of fact, today, February 25th, 2021, in our nation's capital, our House of Representatives will be voting on what they call the Equality Act. And the reason why I'm bringing up the Equality Act is because it ties into the burden that God has given me for children for our nation, for the next generation. When something like the Equality Act is about to be voted on and the possibility of becoming law, everyone in our society will be impacted by this act, like it was other, other acts that were enacted during the civil rights, during the time of, of the civil rights movement. Now, what is the Equality Act? The Equality Act is an act that prohibit, prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity. And it also says, and for other groups or other purposes. I went up and I actually read the, the act because I want to make sure that I communicate to you properly and accurately. Now, under this, this particular act, what it does is that, is that it amends the federal civil rights laws and it adds as protected classes the groups that I just mentioned based on sex, sexual orientation, and your gender identity. Now, in it, I was reading through it. What caught my attention was that if this becomes law, and as I said, the House of Representatives are voting on it today, and then the Senate will vote on it to see whether or not it will become law. What it says is the portion of it that I read that caught my attention was that a person can't be denied access to a shared facility. That includes a restroom, a locker room, a dressing room. And that is in accordance with the individual's gender identity. In other words, Today, you have women's bathrooms, you have men's bathroom, and you have some bathrooms that are unisex where just whoever can come in can use it. With this law, if this law passes, that means that if a person identifies as the opposite sex, let's say if you have a, a, a male who identifies as a female, then he can use the female's locker rooms, he can use the female's bathrooms, he can use any public accommodations that are for females, and vice versa. So if you have a female who identifies as a male, she also can do the same. Why am I bringing it up? Why is it a part of what will God say when we're gone? Legacy matters. Because God placed that on my heart to speak about that today and speak about us as his people, people the people of God, us examining laws and aligning it up with the word of God with what God says. I've said it before in, in earlier podcasts and earlier messages about what God says in the book of Genesis about he created us male and female. He created two genders. But this is about 
people identifying as a different gender than what they were born and what they were born. And so when these sort of things become a part of the public forum for us to discuss being an act that may become law, every segment of the public must weigh in and we must weigh in based on what the word of God says. In Ephesians chapter five, verse eight and, and verse eight through 10 is the English standard version of, of the scripture. It reads for it, for at one time you were darkness, but now you're a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. What am I saying? When we have either laws, acts, legislation, anything that's going to impact our generations and the generations to come, such as this that is being voted on today. We must look at it from God's perspective. He said the fruit of light in the scripture I just read, all that is good, that is right, and what is true. If we live in a nation where laws are going to be enacted that speak a different message than what the word of God says, we are to remind everyone in this society what God's word says. And he says very clearly that he made them male and female. The implication of a law being passed, you, you must look beyond just the law itself, but the implication is changing many different types of accommodations based on how a person identifies, how they identify their gender, not based on what's on their birth certificate. And in, some, in those instances, those are changing. So we must, as people of God, weigh in and say what God says about everything. And we do it, we speak the truth, and we do it in love. See, when Jesus came, he was full of grace and truth. Which means when you speak to people, and they may have a different viewpoint than you do, a different perspective than you do, and that's okay because we are in a society where that happens. It happens often. But when you speak the truth, the truth is based on what God's word says. Remember, Jesus is the way. He is the truth. When you speak the truth on all matters based on what God says, God is watching. And we must do that. We must. And I believe that's why God places it on my heart in terms of, of facing it these things that are coming in our nation, facing it from the perspective of his word and what he says, and from the perspective of our children, our children's children, and the children to come, and those who are even yet to be born, what type of legacy are we going to leave them? What would they say about us? What type of world did we leave them? Did we leave them a world where God's word was firmly foundational in how we lived? How do we live before them? I'm asking every person that hears this message today to answer that question. What type of world do you want to leave the generation to come? What will God say about us when we're gone? Will he say about us what he said about Noah? Or will he say about us something totally different? We have to be the ones to answer that question. What will God say when we're gone? Legacy and deeds matters. 
I want to speak to those today who heard this message and they weren't even thinking about a legacy. They weren't even thinking about the God that I'm, that I'm speaking of, who is the one who gives us a burden, who gives us a legacy. He gives us an assignment that we are to live out that legacy. For those of you who don't know that God, I want you to know that he wants you to know him on a personal level. And he wants you to know that he loves you and he has a plan for your life. He has an assignment for your life. And if you are one of those people, I want you to repeat that I'm speaking about. I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know it's no coincidence that I heard this message today. What will God say when we're gone? Legacy matters. I want my life to be what you created it to be, Lord. What you wanted my legacy to be. What I will leave behind. Please save me, God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And God, I know that you love me and Jesus loved me. Please save me today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for Phyllis is a New Creation. And remember, Phyllis is a New Creation exists for you to know how to apply the Word of God to your everyday life. Today's message, What Would God Say When We're Gone? Legacy Matters, was a message that the Lord Jesus gave me to share so that we can start thinking along the lines that he's thinking, thinking about not only what's happening to our lives today, but what will happen in the years to come with those who are coming behind us. You can find Phyllis is a New Creation on Google Podcasts. Just search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S, a new, A-N-E-W, creation. And I hope you will prescribe because subscribe because it'll be so much easier for you to get the podcast each week. Heavenly Father, thank you for putting this message in my heart today to share with your people, God. And God, I pray that you open up their hearts to receive God, what you would have them to do, God, to receive God, what the burden that you have for them so they can complete the legacy and know that their legacy matters because it comes from you. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful day.